Welcome to the Box and Life Podcast, where we talk about everything from happiness to success. From Sunderland, England to Los Angeles, California. Hosted by 2008 Olympic medalist in the red corner, Tony Jeffrey. Hello and welcome to the Box and Life Podcast with me, Tony Jeffries. Today we've got a brilliant episode with an absolutely amazing guest, Mr. Brad Burton. Brad is the co-founder of Four Networking, which is the UK's number one networking business. It's huge. He's also the author of Amazon's best-selling business book, Get Off Your Ass and Get Off Your Ass 2. He is the UK's number one motivational speaker. That's his title. Brad, thank you so much for coming on the Boxing Life podcast and welcome to the show. How are you doing, mate? So uh, good to catch up with my friend. You know, it's funny with all that sort of stuff when I listen back and somebody says about the things that I've achieved, I'm sort of scratching my fucking head. I'm thinking, I don't know if I can swear, by the way, but nonetheless. No, you can swear, me. please do. That's right. Um, you know, I'm almost waiting for somebody to tap me on the shoulder and say you've been found out. Do you know what I mean? It's just just nuts. It's been a, a, an interesting 10 years. Interesting 10 years. Bet, mate. So the, the, the way I heard of you was me brother-in-law sent me a podcast. He went, Tony, you've got to listen to this lad. He said he's just like us, from the north of England. He's a chav. He sounds like a chav. Uh, <laughs> rough accent, yeah. rough-looking image, and he's, yeah. he's number one motivational speaker in the UK. So I was like, what? So I listened to it, and yeah. the, the way you speak, it was fucking great. I loved it. And then, the, But more, yeah. more importantly, the content that you came out with was amazing, mate. And uh, I just think it's great. And how did you get that, uh, the name of the number one? But look, listen, uh, the, 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 truth, the truth is I told everyone every step of the way, right? And it's a bit like, you know, if you think about Muhammad Ali, um, yeah. say who's the greatest, everyone says, oh, Muhammad Ali's the greatest. Was he really the greatest? He got beat twice or three times? You know, the bottom line is, the reason that everyone says that Muhammad Ali's the greatest is because he told everyone he was the greatest, yeah. right? And this is the reality with me. I told people I'm going to become the UK's number one motivational business speaker. And people started laughing in my face, telling me it never worked. And you know what? I am the UK's number one motivational business speaker. And I'll tell you why. Because I wrote it on my fucking website. That's the reality <laughs> of it, right? And what happened, what happened is it's all over. You go Google now in the UK, you know, the UK's number one motivational And you've got pages upon pages. You've got a Wikipedia page and stuff. And I think that what I've managed to do is basically... I've taught my way into a fight here. That's the reality yeah. of it, right? Yeah. Taught my way into a fight. And actually, I can actually do it, though. This is the thing. It's not bluff. It's not bluff. It's not bluster. And if you think about my entire career, you know, I'm 42 now. And when I was 31, I walked out of a job, told my employer to shove his job up his ass, and I walked out on a point of principle. And, um, you know, I had no money, 25 grand in debt, uh, newborn boy, baby, Ben, wife was pissed off me. She wanted me to go and get a proper job. And I started my own business off at 31, and it culminated in me delivering pizzas to keep my business afloat. Wow. And, you know, yeah, listen, you know, at 31 year old, delivering pizzas as a, as a proud guy from Manchester, you know, that, that didn't sit yeah. well with me, but it's a bit like you and your boxing game, you know, you've got to go and do these amateur fights where you're getting battered for nothing. And most people don't want to do that. Most people, you know, to get to C, you've got to go by A and B. Most people don't want to do the 50 exhibition fights for nothing. They want to go, you know, be, be Mayweather. It doesn't work like that. So the whole thing that I've done is I started this business off, my first one, um, for network, sorry, for consultancy, a marketing business about 10 years ago. Then I started this networking event company, this for networking, because I looked at the entire UK networking scene. 
And it was just, it was just tired. It was just all load of old boys all talking shit. And actually, it needed something fresh. So I started this networking event off, and we run these like business um, clubs effectively around the UK. When I first started off, we had one meeting. You fast forward now. We run over 5,000 across the UK. You know, and I don't have a qualification to be named, Tony, not one, right? right. I, you know, not one. I've done the door. I've been on the door for four years. Uh, Dad was a heroin addict. Wow. Um, Shit. Yeah, yeah. You know, brought up in the council states of Manchester. Got a Jimmy Savile badge when I was eight. Um, <laughs> Shit. I say, hey, Tony, that joke works better with alcohol. But, um, Slow down, sir. No, the, the, the reality is, it's hard the ideal conditions. And somewhere along the way, the decisions that I've made, the decisions that I've made have got me to where the point where you and I are speaking right now. And yeah. I think, you know, if you look at, it's the same goes for boxing, it's the same principle there. You know, you can have great boxers, but when it comes to the big night and all of a sudden you've got a crowd of 20, 30,000 people, they can't handle that bit. So even though technically, and I think somewhere along the way I've just managed to realise that I've got one life here and I'm unprepared to put up with bullshit with it and I decided to change me, change my life and what change was, my focus. What was the trigger point? Like, what, why did you decide to change? Because I know there's so many people in Manchester, in the northeast, in the northwest, <laughs> like you, yep. who don't change. No, I get it, I get it. What was the trigger point? Um, right. So, the reality is, is what I used to do, right, and I, I suppose a lot of young men from working class environments do the same. I was living for the short term. Everything was short term. Get paid on Friday, get pissed up Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then bother the 10 off your mum on Monday, done all your wages in. You know, everything that I did was short term. And the thing that changed for me was when I started, stopped focusing on the short term, started looking at the medium and long term. So I, um, I started that business off and you know, in the last 10 years, it's been a, a, a tough gig, a bit up and down like a bride's nighter. And I, um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I did this business thing. And, and all the, sorry, go back to the original question, I'm running ahead of myself. Um, what changed was I realised I was working at a company over in um, London, and I was, I was on about 30 grand a year, which is all right. Well, it would be all right if I didn't live 200 miles away and had to get yeah. digs and stuff. By the time I worked my wages out, I might as well be flipping frigging hamburgers at Western <laughs> Superman Seafront. And it was like, what happened? As I remember driving past to my digs one evening, um, and driving past this guy going in a house with electric gates and he even had a Mercedes or BMW. This must have been 2004. And he turned into this house and I thought, geez, I could work 80, 100 hour weeks for this company. I'll still never be able to afford the frigging gates. And it was like a penny drop, so I went, shit, everything that I've been told about work hard, you'll get yours. Bullshit. You know, it's not true. And it was the penny drop then, and that was it. That was it then. Anyway, the, the company that I was working for, they wanted me to do a marketing plan for them. So I did this marketing plan, worked on it for three days, then went to see the directors, sat there for like two hours, and every one of my ideas, he went, nah, won't work. That's a daft idea, blah, blah, blah. And at the end of it, I said, you know what? Fuck your job and done one. And that, that was a bit where I quit. And I'll tell you something. The irony to this is those daft ideas that none of them liked or they did, wouldn't work, the same ones that have got me from being this working class lad who's delivering pizzas to where I am today. So, you know, yeah. just because somebody's done it, it doesn't work for them, doesn't mean it won't work for you. So I think that was a turning point that I realised at 30, 30, 31, that if I don't take control of my life, this is just going to run away with me. I'm going to be there 65 years old saying, you know what, I wish we'd have done this, this and this. So, I, you know, I wish we'd have done it earlier. But yeah. sometimes... So this, this phone network that you do now, is that, mm. is that something that you wanted to do? Like, you wanted to network yourself, so you thought, fuck, there's a gap yeah. in the market for this. Totally. Totally. Yeah. So, so I started my own business off, and um, 
uh, from Manchester living in Somerset. I didn't know anyone. So if you think about any business that you guys have got there, right, you know, you've got to get in front of people. If you ain't in yeah. front of people, you ain't selling anything, right? Yeah. So you could be the best plumber ever. Right, best plumber ever, got all the qualifications, got all the yeah. kit, but your phone ain't ringing, that's you finished. And one of the things that I realised was, you know, I'm the best marketer ever, but yet my phone wasn't ringing. So there's a wonderful irony to that. And um, and that was a question I said to lots of business owners, you know, um, do you need appointments? And they said, yeah, well, I need appointments. And what we do at 4Network, we have three 10-minute appointments at each group. So the bottom line is we run this big national network now. Um, we've got the UK sewn up in a really nice, benign way. But I looked at these other sort of um, uh, networks that existed, and it was like political terms. You had the loony left where nothing quite happened. Ah, oh, what do you do, Tony? Yes, uh, here's my card. Any referrals? I give you 10%. And you're like, yeah, all right, that's not for me. Then you had the hardcore right of networking. You've got to attend. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. It was just a, once again, bringing it back onto boxing. It's like having this really loose camp and a really tough camp. There's a mid middle ground, and that's what I've done. I've come this middle ground that was right for me yeah. and right for the vast majority of people. Yeah. How, how does so you all get together in a group for this? I'm trying, yeah. to, I'm trying to think what your event is because is it is it right? You put like four thousand events on. Five thousand. So, so in essence, what happens? So right now, t tomorrow, there's probably forty events running in the UK. So between eight and ten in the morning, members turn up at say a, a, a every day. This is. Pardon? You do this every day. This is every, every yeah. day. Shit. Yeah, yeah, about forty, fifty so, a day. Yeah. And um, so, so around the UK, so as a member, you can go to any of them. So if you think, right. Right, right, Tony Jeffries, the plumber, right, you're over in Darlington there, and you, you, you've got your business card, you've just got your redundancy pay, you've got your van, now what? I know, well, um, what, wait for the phone to ring? So what you do, you come along to this four networking event, you tip up there at 8 till 10 in the morning, have a breakfast, there's 20 other business owners there, you get 40 seconds to stand up. Hi, I'm Tony Jeffries, um, you know, I'm a plumber, and what I'm looking for is people who need plumbing, and blah, 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 blah. You sit down, the next person stands up. Hi, I'm Brad Burson, I do websites, I do... And you think, oh, wouldn't mind having a chat with Brad? And then what happens is after everyone's done that 40 seconds, you then break for a coffee, go up to me, say, Brad, can we swap a card? And say, yeah, number one, two, or three. You give me a number one of your card. I give you my number one. And as you turn, somebody else grabs you. That's it. That's the simplicity of it. And we do that on a national level, and, uh, and people get loads of business from it. It's just fucking, it's so simple. It's yeah. scary. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, but what you do in these networking events is that, you know, 10 years ago, I couldn't speak in public. I looked like Stevie Wonder. I closed my eyes and my head would go up and down because I couldn't look at people in, in the face. So as I've done more and more of this networking stuff, I've got better and better and better at speaking and more confidence. And then uh, you do like 10 or 15 minutes, you get one, one of the people does a foresight slot, which is an insight, not a sales pitch at each of these meetings, and, um, you know, to the rest of the members. And that's where I've learnt my trade. So effectively, I've been going on these low cards that write down, and then... People have been saying, Brad, can you come and speak for me? And before you know it, I'm speaking at Bentley, JCB, fucking nuts. Right. Mate, uh, so that, that's that's your number one income, I'm, I'm sure, right? Yes, uh, that's right, yeah. And then, uh, so on the side, for you do the motivational speaking, is that like a hobby or is that like a, a good income no. as well or what? Well, you know, I do, I do my motivational speaking, but I also do something called Brad Camp, which is effectively... I bring 15 people together for one day and I burn the days off, basically. And what I've got to do is tell them every single dirty trick that has been played on me in the last 10 years, every single wheeze, every single... So basically, I, if you used to put a USB key into my head and say, download your, your, your 10 years, 11 years experience, but on top of that, your 20 years or whatever it is of street smarts, 
And I think yeah. that's the thing here. If you think about street smarts, right? Yeah. And I work with a lot of um, former cons and the like, and I, and I talk to these guys and say, listen, you know, this goes back down to what I talked before, Tony, which is this whole piece about focusing on the medium and long term. When you're in, into, into criminality, you're generally focused on the short term, right? Yeah. And I said to these guys, I say to these guys, listen, you have some ability here, the likes of which most normal people don't have. You're a risk taker. You're a fucking risk taker. So rather than risk taking stuff for nothing, right. do it for something positive. And that's where the kind of vibe that I do. Do you know what? I've, I've got wrote down here. I was thinking, because I've listened to loads of your stuff, and I was thinking, you would be fucking great to go into jails and, and talk to them lads, because of your background, where you're from, the way you are, your image, everything. Um, you know, funny enough, I do speak at prisons, and... I'm going to be really honest with you. I spoke at the category B, so A is the horrible ones, B, C, D, open prisons, and blah, blah, blah. And I spoke at a cat B. These are murderers, right? Murderers, rapists, sex offenders, all that sort of stuff. I didn't even realise that till I was in there. And the truth is, you can't get through to these people, right? Really? And I'm being really candid here. You know why? Because they're surrounded by other people who've got their arms folded, giving you mean stares. So actually, in that game, you can't show weakness. So you ain't getting through to them. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. You've got ten lunatics to your left and right. You can't be the one putting your hand up and asking daft questions. Yeah. So everyone's fronting off. Everyone's fronting off, and that's the problem. So in that game, you ain't doing anything. But some of the guys, the street kids from Manchester, um, uh, well, those guys, I'm, I'm trying desperately to steer them away from that life. And like I say, you know, no qualification, dad of heroin addict, Jimmy Savile badge, um, you know, been on the door four years, have the ideal conditions. And this is what I say to people, if you're waiting for ideal conditions to get your shots off, you're going to be waiting a very long time. So you've got to fucking go for it, win or lose, go for it. Yeah, that's yeah. fucking great, mate, that's great. So, Brad, I've got Glenn here, Glenn's a coast on the show. Hiya, Brad. Yeah, I was just saying, um, noticed a couple, quite a lot, you say you don't have qualifications, but... Um, the qualifications that you do have, your street smarts and all your ex- your life experience, Perfect. that's your qualifications. And half uh, of the time, most of the successful people out there in the world, uh, uh, that those qualifications get you further mm. than, than standard qualifications, you know what I mean? Then, you know something, it's, um, it's interesting, I say this right when I speak, if you can do the job, you're qualified, right? Yeah. No question, if you can do the job, you're qualified. Now, don't get me wrong, you know, if I was going in for brain surgery, I'd quite like him to do seven years at fucking uni, do you know what I mean? But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the world that I move in is, can I inspire people? It's, you know, it, it only came about by accident because I was speaking at my four networking events, right? And then people were going, oh, Brad, you're so inspirational, you're so motivational. And I'm like, ah, thanks. And then before you know it, you know, you start filling those boots and go, you know what, I can do this. And I looked online, I'd seen these motivational speakers, and... The vast majority of them, right, and, uh, you know, a bit controversial, but the vast majority of them are out there striping people up. That's what they're doing. They're making a load of fucking money, um, selling people certainty. And there's no certainty. There's no fucking certainty. And what I sell people is it's going to take you fucking 10 years, right? It's going to take you 10 years, and, you you, you know, your, your business plan may as well have a forward by J.K. Rowling because it's bullshit. That's that's what I love about what you what what you're saying. You're giving the motivational uh, stuff, but then backing it up with the reality, saying here's what right. you got to do. But then uh, reality check, it took me ten years to do that. Whereas most right. motivational stuff out there, it's just giving that motivational stuff without the reality behind it. Hey, listen, Glenn, I was a, I was a classic. I was speaking at some uh, event 
And it was like 10 minutes in, and I stood up on the chair, about 150 people there, and I went, right, guys, you've got an opportunity right now to join me for the three-day. And I just hammed it up big time. I said, you're interested in doing it, not £5,000, but what we're going to do today is just £2,000. And three people fucking running towards me. I went, fucking sit down. (laughs) (laughs) You've listened to some fucking patter for 10 minutes. (laughs) You're willing to rush up. But the problem is, people people want that. This is, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you something, the route that I'm going is a whole lot slower, right? But, now, but I'm shaking the establishment up now, this entire personal development world. I am shaking it up yeah. because these guys can no longer dismiss me. I'll tell you something, right? I fucking, when I started my, um, my, my business off, I was told it'd never work. I was told I didn't have any working capital. I was 25 grand in debt. I was told I didn't have the quality. All that shit, right? I was told, guess what? Fast forward 10 years, largest joined up business breakfast network in the UK. Done. Right? I was told when I wrote my book, my first book, uh, Get Off Your Ass, you can't call a book Get Off Your Ass. Why not? Well, nobody's going to stock it. Right, well, it stops in Waterstones. And I went to see the guy, actually. I went to see the, 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 the head buyer at Waterstones, and I blagged my way into a conversation, to a meeting with him. Goes to see him. Walked in there, this old boy, a bit like uh, Mr. Burns with his hands cradled. <laughs> Walked in there, he said, so, Brad, tell me why you're here. I'm thinking, I've got a book called Get Off Your Arse and you're the chief buyer from Waterstones. What do you fucking think? Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I never actually said that. I thought it. Well, he said to me, he said, sure. I said, is he really honest? I said, I've no fucking idea what I'm doing. And he burst out laughing. He said, that is the best picture I've had in 20 years. I said, listen, true. You know, you've got 20 years of experience. I've been doing this for two minutes. The business lesson here and the life lesson is blagging will get you so far. Blagging will get you so far. Hey, in your gym, I could turn up there. I look a fucking million dollars. I could take the skin of a rice pudding. You know what I mean? And that's the thing. You've yeah. got to be honest about your fallibility. So that was my books. And, and actually, once again, people said, I'd, I'd inform people telling me, you know, Brad, you can't call it get off your ass. You need to call it get off your bottom. Well, that's great. But what's the last time you said, you know, you don't speak like that. So I called that book, Get Off Your Ass. It's the highest rated and reviewed business book on Amazon. You know, the first few reviews were snide with friends and family, but the other fucking 250 or whatever, five stars are real. It's like, fucking hell, I'm waiting for somebody to, like I say, to find me out. So I did that. Second book, once again, that still got more reviews than anyone. And then my third one got published by. Um, Wiley Caps on Life Business just got easier. Got to number two in the UK, WH Smith's charts, beaten by Alex Ferguson. I got stuff by Fergie, that's cool. Um, and then, you know, I, I, once again, this, this whole piece about being a, a motivational speaker and uh, had people who are like these trainers and stuff saying, Brad, what are you going to have to do in order to get books? You need to wear a nice crisp suit. And when you walk to the left, you're talking about the past. And when you walk to the right, you're talking about the future and being an orator. Okay, I'll tell you what, what about this for a daft idea? How's about you just be your fucking self? That's what I did. And I remember I was speaking at Bentley and I looked left, looked right, and I said to the audience, I said, I got advice, people telling me that I couldn't get possibly get books. I don't see those people on stage with me right now. And this is what I'm trying to say. It's somewhere along the way. I used to, when my life started changing, is I used to pretend to be something I'm not. I used to put on daft posh voices in fucking business. I used to wear daft shirts and suits that I wasn't interested in to appease it. And if you're spending 20% of your time trying to, trying to copy somebody else's style, you ain't being you. Yeah, yeah. Big time. Yeah. What I'm trying to say, I'm, I'm 100% me. And if people don't like me for being 100% me, it's okay. It's a big wide world out there, people that do. So that's the key that I'd say, be you. You've got one life. And if you're spending, like I say, 20% of your life being something you're not, you get to the end of your life, you've not lived a full life, you've only lived 80% of it. Yeah, that's great, mate. And I heard, I heard a story talking about an old man in Tesco's. I fucking one of the best stories I've ever oh, can, can you tell Glenn about that? Because I was, I was telling him... Tony, you know the worst bit about this story is it's fucking true, <laughs> right? Right? I'm, I'm, I'm going to share it now. So, 
a friend of mine, um, Darren, who works at Tesco's, and he'd been there for 12 years on their management training program. I think he was on 65 grand a year, um, got a, a pension, company car, all that sort of stuff. And the guy who trained him was a guy called Roger. Roger had been there years, and it was his last day. And um, he, he, he basically trained Darren, my mate, his last day. And one of the directors from Tesco's was coming down to give him a send-off in front of the 100 staff, 500 um, customers, uh, you know, in a busy Tesco superstore on a Friday afternoon. About 3 o'clock in the afternoon, phone goes, ring, ring. Hello? Hi, is that Roger? Yes, it is. Hi, Roger. It's Steve, one of the directors over at Tesco's. How are you today? Good, good, good. How's the wife, Marjorie? Oh, you got divorced five years ago. You've not spoken since then, have we? Um, Roger, what it is, and you always know when somebody says, you you know, what it is, your name followed by what it is, is that what it is that follow these generally called shits. Yeah, Roger, what it is, um, can't actually make it down today. Uh, not enough hours in the day. I've sort of run out of time. <laughs> the days run away with me, really. So, a little bit embarrassing. Um, all these to say is on behalf of myself, indeed, all the directors of Tesco's and all the staff, thank you for all your hard work and uh, all the best. All the best. And he put the phone down. Roger was taken back by this, really pissed off. And he spoke to Darren, the guy who trained for about 12 years, and told him what had happened. Darren was furious. Just furious. And we've all had those times in our life when actually someone says the wrong thing and you're just the wrong thing. You go, you know what, I'm not having this. And Darren did this. He stormed into that um, Tesco's busy superstore on a Friday afternoon. Roger tried to pull him back and wouldn't have it. Boom, walked straight to the centre of the, the, the shop, took a big deep breath and thought, am I really going to throw my pension in the bin here? Am I really going to throw my career in the bin here? He thought, you know what, fuck it, yes I am. I'm not having this, I'm not having him treated like that. He took a big deep breath in, big deep breath in. You know what he did, people? So I'm gonna, this is, I'm going to make a stand now. I'm going to make a stand. This is my Robert the Bruce moment, fight the power. And the uh, big deep breath in, looked around, and then stole a caterpillar cake. That's right, stole a caterpillar cake and then took it into the staff room and they cut into the cake and they ate the cake. And then Roger walked home after 52 years of service at Tesco's. He walked home. No gold watch, no whip round, no fucking card, nothing. Finished. 52 years. And this is a point, people, Right? You know, do you think that when Roger started on that career path, he went, you know what? I'm going to work my bollocks off for the next 52 years and I'm really looking forward to getting fuck all. No, he thought he had, you know, a ticket tape parade head scheduled. And this is what I'm trying to say to people. Understand this. The only future that you've got is one that you're going to create. And this is the sad thing about that is that for every Roger out there who works his cobblers off for a corporate for 52 years, there's another million behind it. Now, not everyone is cut out for self-employment. I'll tell you that now, right? Yeah. That's, a, that's a reality of it. But you just need to be honest with yourself here because what most people do is they get up 6 o'clock in the morning, they have a coffee, they get in the car and they go to work, um, stay there at 12 o'clock, oh, lunch in another 10 minutes, go back home, have a glass of wine, and that repeats that process forevermore. And you end up doing 40 years of that. And this goes back down to what I said, work hard and you'll get yours. But it's not true. What it's not mean? true, you know what hit me with sorry. What hit me with that story when you were telling about Roger was when you were saying things like, "He's." Cause I heard it somewhere else when you were saying about so, his kid, when his kids was saying, "Can we go to the park?" Oh, Can we do so this? yeah. But listen, I'll, I'll reiterate that. You know, is that there would have been times where his children would have said, "Dad, Dad, Dad," on the Saturday, "Can we go to um, Alton Towers?" I can't, honey. I've got to go and do the stock tape. What about Sunday? Can't end the year. We've got to get the tax bill down, honey, for the branch. You know, and actually. Yeah. And actually, so many times we've done that, we've all been guilty of that, of finishing proposals off instead of going to take our kids to the duck pond. And, you know, you're never going to get to the end of your days and go, you know what, I wish we'd have spent more time in the office. 
No one's ever going to say that shit. Yeah. But yet somewhere along the way, we find it so important to do the stuff. You know, I realised something, right? Three years ago, maybe three and a half now, I had a nervous breakdown, right? And this is a really poignant story for anyone out there who's a big, tough guy or anyone listening to this who thinks they're physically strong. Right? I was physically strong in my own world. But let me tell you something. You go in the gym and every single one of those muscle groups, you go and push. If you go and try, try uh, bench press 150 key, you're just going to strain and struggle. All right, Tony, bad example. You, mate. You do, <laughs> doing your, but you know what I'm saying? You know, the most normal muscle groups, you know, you reach a point where you can't do anything further. And if you try to push it, you're going to rip and it's going to strain and cause you pain. Yeah. But guess what? Your brain is a muscle. Your brain's a muscle, but none of us train the brain. None of us go and go, go to the gym and say, you know what, I'm going to go and train my brain. We just assume. We just assume that it can handle anything. Well, guess what? It's a fucking muscle like every other muscle in your body. But when was the last time that someone went to the gym for the brain? No one does it. And we just, and this is what happened to me. You know, three, three and a half years ago, my life was like a game of Jenga. You know, it's like that game where you yeah. put a wooden box on it. This big tower of business success and everyone saying, Brad, look, you've achieved double page spread of the time on television there, blah, 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 blah. Ah, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, and it was one day or one brick away from it all going to shit. Mental health was shot to bits. You know, my marriage was fucked. Everything was fucked up. I was overweight, blah, 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 blah. Oh, I've got diabetes type 2 now as a result of that stint as well. You know, and this is all what I'm trying to say. So once again, think about that. I want your audience to think for a second now. You're captain of a ship, and you are a captain of a ship, your ship, right? And over on the left here, you've got an island with health and relationships. And over on the right, 100 mile away, you've got an island with wealth, wealth beyond your wildest dreams, you know, money, more money and opulence that you could possibly wish for. Which one are you full speed ahead towards? Can I tell you right now, most people, before I load that question up like in the manner that I just did, would go, fuck it, wealth. Because you think that when you get squared off readies-wise, you can fix everything. You can fix your marriage. You can fix your health. You can fix the kids. You can fix this. Well, so I'll tell you, the amount of people that don't get to either of them and end up losing the marriage, losing the kids, losing the thing, in pursuit of this money. I've got friends of mine, right, who've got fucking millions. I mean, millions more money than I could. You know, when you've got two and a half thousand pound gold taps, you know they're doing okay, right? Um, <laughs> but I'll say something. Three and a half years ago, I was making a whole lot more money, right? A load more money. But on a scale of one to ten, ten being clicking your fucking heels, one being miserable, I was like a two or a three. You fast forward now, three, three and a half years, on a scale of one to ten, I'm an eight or a nine. So it's this happiness, and I say to people, chase happiness, not money. Right. Chase happiness, not money. Well, Once you get happiness, shit, right? How would you find? How do you find the the balance though? That that's the key, isn't it? I mean, we can all hey. look at lot of stuff, or we can all sit back, but we, you need to find the the right balance. Tony, Tony, listen, great question again. Right. So here's what where, where most people go wrong. Right. You're trying to run a business, so what you do, you talk about having work life balance. So you start at 9 o'clock and then at 5.29 in the evening, you close your laptop, go and uh, kiss the wife, have your tea, have a glass of red wine, and then watch some teller. Wake up, go to... That's work-life balance for the vast majority of people. Let me tell you what I do, right? I can't be asked doing something. And bear in mind, it's taken me 10 years to get to this stage, right? So just be clear here, this this isn't me saying, guess what, day one, because I could not have done this day one, what I'm about to share with you. It's taken me like seven, eight, nine years to get to this point. So I'm now in a position where... Tomorrow, all right, bad, bad example tomorrow, but ordinarily, if I don't want to get up, I don't have to, right? If I want to work at 11 o'clock at night, I will work at 11 o'clock at night. If I want to play computer games at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, I will do. If I want to go to bed at 11 o'clock in the morning, I will do. So what I've done, most normal people, right, who run normal lives, can't do that. 
They've got to work between 9 and 5.30. Right? They've got to pretend to work. So the gaffers, 10 past 5, they go, fuck me, I've only got another 20 minutes. Gaffers walking in there, tapping keys, right? And the, the quick, lazy fox jumped over the brown hen or whatever, right? Just blagging it. Yeah. So this is what I've got my... So, so when I'm running my business now... See, when I started my business off, I, I quit that job that I was working at because I wanted to get off the hamster wheel of employment, right? Fast forward seven years... When I had that nervous breakdown, guess what? I'm on the fucking hamster wheel of self-employment, running even faster. But what I've sussed out now is this work-life balance is doing what you want sensibly when you want. So that means that rather than having this 9 till 5.30 where you've got to pretend to work, and if you were to write down on a scale of 1 to 10 how hard you'd work from the vast majority of, of, of uh, employees, if they'd be honest with themselves, they wouldn't be writing 9 or 10, would they? They'd be writing 4 to 5, right? So what I do is I will work with full intensity when I'm work-minded and when I can't be bothered, I'll go and play it full on intensity. So I'm getting more yield from my days. So rather than being 9 to 5.30, pretending to work, right, yeah. at five, 50% output, I'll do half the time, 100% output. That's how I... So, so I've got more time than ever before right now because I'm doing just that. But like you said, that's because of the work you put in at the beginning, right? At the start. Correct, Tony. Absolutely start. So this is the thing. But... Going back to these fucking certainty salespeople, these motivational speakers and all that shit selling the personal development, they're trying to blag it that somewhere along the way you read a book or you go on a three-grand seminar and the next thing you've got it all sussed out. Well, no, you've not. And it's like a pendulum. You've got to get it one way to the other way to the other way to realise where the line is. I've sussed it. And I'll tell you something. If it wasn't for me having that fucking nervous breakdown three and a half years ago, fucking hell, I, I, I would have had a heart attack. Because I was heading that way, I was just fucking reckless, just living it fucking large and just being a fucking dick. You know, and this is what I'm trying to say. How many people do you know who are daft enough to be shared in the fact they've had a nervous breakdown in business? Nobody does it, right? And what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to make a positive difference so that people can avoid it because there'll be people running burnout right now. Right? Yeah. People running burnout, and you cannot work at that intensity of, uh, you know, on a scale of one to ten in terms of intensity. You can't run at eight and nines. You might think you can. You might think you're superhuman, but it comes back down to what I talked about before: your muscle group called your brain. So somewhere along the way, you've got to get the balance right. So yes, you can go redlining for a round or two, but you can't maintain that pace because you will burn yourself out. Yeah. The one thing I love about the, you is the, obviously your content, but your energy. Where do you get this energy from? You're, you're like. You seem like you're high on life all the time. Listen, I've been addicted to drugs twice in my time. So, you know, those days I, are finished. I wouldn't like to see you on drugs. This way, like, off. Well, listen, well, yeah, but this goes back down to it, right? Let me. Fuck it, oh, I'm loving this, Tony. I'm on fire now, right? <laughs> so, the, the, re, the, the reason that people do drugs, right? The reason that people do drugs, right? Is truth, and I reckon I've worked this out, and I, I, like, this has only come around in the last three weeks, this, right, as to, I've come to this assessment. The reason that people do drugs is because they're unhappy with their life, right? Somewhere along the way, they work shit, they're in a shitty relationship, so at weekend, they go and get fucking blottled, right, and, and they get rid of all the, all, all the thing, and it allows them then to reset the counter and have another week of shit, right, because they look forward to it. When your life is balanced, like mine is, right, and you're happy with just everything, everything's good, you don't have any, you don't have any, there's no space for any of that stuff. So I think that's what's going on here. I think a lot of people, when they do heavyweight stuff like that, like whether it's drinking, whether it's smoking hard, whatever, whatever you do, you know what I'm about, right? Whatever stuff people do is because somewhere along the way, they're unhappy. And once you get happiness, right, and this isn't me, I'm not religious, I'm not into any you know, sky, sky gods, right? All I'm trying to say is once you find happiness, 
it, it, everything's just everything just flows with you. It's a bit like once again boxing, right? If I turned up there, I'd be so square on and rigid and blah 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 blah, and then you got flow and this that and the other. That comes in time, and I reckon that's what I've got right now. I reckon I've got that flow and just glide around rather than having to force something, having to overthink it. So therefore, I'm not using energy. Where do I get the energy from? Um, you know, I've always been energetic and I didn't realise, right, what a complete fucking head the ball I come across as <laughs> until a friend of mine sat me down and said, you do realise you come across as a complete head the ball about four years ago? I went, no. He said, you are. It's a bit like saying to a fish, what's the water like? What, 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 what's water? You know, I had no comprehension that I'm a little bit out there. But this is the thing, bear in mind, you know, I've always been out there, but I just never applied myself. Yeah. You know, if you think about me as a 31-year-old lad, if I would have applied myself at 21, but I couldn't have applied myself at 21 because the stars weren't right then. So the energy thing, I think it's just it, it, it's just less enthusiasm. But once again, this goes back down to being 100% me. See, in the old days in corporate, if I tip up there like a fucking Georgia cell bunny, that's me finished. My career's finished. Yeah. So, so, so I've managed to find an environment where these skills you know, can be put to, to effect rather than me having to stifle who we are. Um, about just going back to about getting a, getting a hammered at the weekend and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. do you think a symptom of being unhappy, do you think you can be happy and successful and still go and do that as well? <laughs> oh yeah, of course you can. But cause that's not like that. I feel, I feel like I'm, I'm happy on a daily basis. I do what I want on a daily basis on my own so, terms. But then yeah. weekend comes around look, oh. going out with the lads and getting smashed. Listen, <laughs> you, you, uh, I assume you're not married with kids. Uh, <laughs> oh, yes. I am, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, hey, hey, when I grow up, I want to be you. <laughs> See, Listen, is every, everything you want, just, like, just on your own terms, you know what I mean? But, um, but yeah, I agree that uh, most of the time that's, that's masking something that you're not happy right. with. But, uh, right. uh, it's on your own terms, and if that's what you want to do, and you, you, you're, you're in control of it, and it's not in control of you, it's not a bad Absolutely. thing because it does help you live in the moment as well, you know. Yo, listen, listen, he says, sipping a friggin' brandy now while we're on the yeah. phone. So, so let's not pretend that I'm living clean because right. I'm far from it. All I'm yeah. trying to say is the old days of going, come on, then, lads, let's have a bit of an Ibiza mentality. Is either one, you're young, or two, you see that sad bastard who sat in Witherspoons at fucking yeah. eight o'clock yeah. in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> right? You know, and actually, there's a reason for that. He's not fucking kicking his heels, is it? Because one, he's been fucking flirted, and two, his kids have disowned him because he started his own fucking business and ended up fucking up. You know, this is what I'm trying to say. I see the world completely differently because prior to this last few years, I was just an autopilot, right? And I thought that success was about fucking money, right? Money, 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 money. Bullshit. Fucking bullshit. You know, 10 years ago, uh, the reason I started a business of, oh, what a Lamborghini, what a Lamborghini, what a Lamborghini. Well, let me tell you something. I've got mates of mine with fucking hundreds of them, right? Got tens of them, right? And you turn up there, and what happens is they go, oh, I've got a new car, do you want to have a look? You go, oh, that's nice. Oh, and do you want to have a spin? Yeah, five miles round, round the spin, park up, puts a dust sheet over it, that's it. Next mate turns up, oh, bit of pop. You spend your fucking life getting in daft cars that you don't want. It's just <laughs> five It's bullshit. You know, you end up fronting. I know you put your hand on that Wraith there, that, that Rolls Royce Wraith there, Tony. And a mate of mine's got one. Or Ghost or whatever they fucking called. But the, bo the, the, the bottom line is, right, 10 years ago, I wanted a fucking uh, a Lamborghini. I wanted an Olympic-sized swimming pool. I wanted a 10-bedroom mansion. I wanted an Apache gunship with Hellfire rockets. Just shit. <laughs> now, somewhere along the way, I tell you, 
I just want to be happy. And actually, if you're if you're if you're putting on the fucking list of things you want, put on the top of it, fuck your fucking Rolls Royce Phantom with your twenty five inch wheels and all that shit. Put on there happiness, and I promise you, when you get that, if you still want the Rolls Royce fucking Phantom, great, right? But get your happiness sorted first, and the rest can follow. Honestly, real priority for me. Everything's changed, everything's shifted. Don't get me wrong. My God, I've lived on Tesco's, uh, Tesco's friggin' eight pence beans and bird's eye potato waffles and fucking shite like that, right? Oh, I love them. I've not had one years with them, but I love them. You're fighting. I did, um, a I did a podcast on what is success, and, and I mean, you've just basically said there what it is. It's, success is happiness, right? Yes. So, but, but what I'm trying to say is, is, is any, any business that you ever look at, you know, nobody tips up and goes, okay, all right, then look at the profit and loss there. Oh, look, happiness is quite high, right? Yeah. So, it's, so it's an internal job, but no one, right? Big tough guy from Salford, me, going to talk about happiness. Come on, I'm not fucking shooting again. Um, but, <laughs> you think I'm joking. Um, but the thing, the thing is, the, the thing is, the thing is with this stuff, right, this whole piece about happiness, the whole piece about happiness, it's an inside job. Nobody can make you happy, right? Don't get me wrong. If you think that I'm always clicking my heels here, I'm never, never miserable or whatever, of course I am. But I'll tell you, now the, the dips of the roller coaster are a whole lot um, less uh, violent, put it that way. So, you know, I no longer go into these big, big dips of despair, which is what used to happen when I felt um, anxiety in terms of, one, being an underachiever, two, um, being a northern monkey, three, all these fucking things that you tell yourself. Right? I've stopped telling myself that. I started yeah. telling myself that. I started talking to myself, self-talk, more positive. And you know about this, Tony. You know, you could be the best boxer ever. Uh, one of the best examples, a couple of things I've actually written down here, boxing-wise. Um, one of the best examples of this one was, um, what was it? Was uh, Mike Tyson and Evander, right? Yeah. You know, Mike Tyson comes in second or first or whatever we did, and he comes in with Crocodile all wearing his fucking daft towel and all his team there, and he's like mean as foot, and then all of a sudden the vanda comes in with his cut mama and his fucking hat on and all that. And actually, if you used to look at that, you're thinking, shit, you know, you're going to get filled in here. Whoa, 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 whoa. Right? It's you and him. It's nothing to do with the corners, forget that. But if after getting a, a, a bad first round, he comes back Evander and his corner man goes, fuck me. You're getting plenty of air. It's not looking good for you, is it? Ding, ding, pulls his stool away. He's not going to be supremely confident. But if his corner man says, fucking, you've trained so fucking hard for this, don't worry about having this pussy mate. He'll knock his fucking head off. Yeah. Ding, ding, seconds out, then the band has got more of a chance. What does that say? This is what you've got a corner man in your head. You've got a fucking corner man in your head, and between rounds, is it giving you positive fucking talk? Is it giving you a slap on the face, or is it talking you fucking down and giving you a defeat? So you've got to get your corner man in your fucking corner, in your brain, fucking right... Oh, I'm on fire now. Yeah, Fuck I love boxing. that shit, mate. Okay. Things talk, keeping on boxing. What you said at the beginning of this podcast about when you said, I call myself number one, like like boxers mm -hmm. do. I don't know if you heard, Floyd Mayweather calls himself the best ever. No, he's got on Stop caps. He's got, he's got yeah. T-shirts. He's got a uh, right. big yeah. cool thing. And, and asking him, you're the, you're the best ever. Like, what about Muhammad Ali? And he's saying, well, listen, Muhammad Ali said he was the best ever. I'm saying I'm the best ever. Uh, I've got to believe in myself, and that's, that's kind of like where you are, right? And you well, know what he said? Uh, he said um, as well that he was pretty boy first. Yeah. Went away mm -hmm. for a couple of years and come back as Money Mayweather and that's built it. TMT and TV and all that. And that's just it. said it was just a smart marketing decision. And, you know, just hats off to him. It's just... Oh, as, a, as a business guy, I mean, you is, I mean, I quite like that razzle-dazzle throwing 50s at the screen and all that, because it just pisses the other people off. And this yeah. is the thing, you end up, you end up, you end up 
stalking your opponent. Now, haha, this is great. This is great. It's really getting me thinking. So what I did when I started my business off, you like this one. So I said, fucking hell, correlations between boxing. So when I started my business off, me, uh, living in a terrace house, over in Somerset, frigging going up against uh, a fucking big firm in, in the UK, established since 1993. So what I goes and do, does, I, I destabilises them. I start taking them into areas that they can't take me out on. Right? So what they all do, they're running their meetings, and what I did at half six in the morning, is while they're running their meetings, they put um, an envelope on the, on the on the cars, so people would come out and they say, good morning, question mark, and it'd tear the arse out of them, and then they started complaining about the police, and they're going to, basically, I brought them into my fight, so their game plan, they couldn't fucking, think so that's what you've got to do, you've got to destabilise your competition while maintaining your integrity, and also, going back to that corner team that I talked about, yeah. your corner man, you know, your corner man can, can talk you out of a fight, and you know as well as I do, you're having a bad round. Your cameraman says, hey, guess what? You are having a fucking bad round. It's not looking good for you, Tony. Why don't you take a knee? What the fuck? Ding, ding. <laughs> She's finished. So, but what I'm trying to say, equally, if your cameraman says you've got this, and this is what we do. We've got, we've got a cameraman in our fucking heads, but somewhere along the way, we either one, don't listen to that person, or two, we listen too much. Yeah. That's great. You, you said earlier on uh, about, you, so Salford, for people who don't know, it's a rough... Can I say it's a rough neighbourhood? Yeah, yeah, it's rough. Uh, and, and with you coming from there, I'm sure you've got mates there and all that. Of course. When the, the, you must have the pitch to go off your mates about doing what you do. I, I post, oh. I post a quote on a, on, on say Instagram or whatever. And most of it, I, I, me, me friends are taking the piss. You're fucking. What are you doing? You know, bed. Do you know what I mean? Although, like, just, just, just back more. Think but, you're I banter yeah. and all that. That's all bullshit. That. And I mean, I'm very little. I'm going to start a podcast. Fucking hell, I'm not, not, that's not me that like, I wouldn't do that. I can't believe it. Mm-hmm. Just talk about success and happiness and all that shit. So, you know what I say to them? You know what I say to them? Say what, when you finish your fucking split shift, you come back to me, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm busy wiping my ass with a 50 pound note. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> so, there you go. But well, you know, like, when you've got fucking three uh, number one best-selling fucking business, but come back to me, fatty. Until then, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 have you, have you still got mates from Salford? Who, I mean, I suppose now because you're established and what you have done, no. they can't really take the piss out yet. But no, no, listen, I'm, you know, somewhere along the way, you've got to be really honest with yourself and actually change your circle of influence. Right, I've yeah. still got people on the fringe. Right, no question. But you know. You've got to change your circle of influence if you want to to, to move on. It doesn't mean you don't love these people. It doesn't mean you don't care for them. It means yeah. you've got to change your circle of influence. Because if I'd still be associating with those people, I wouldn't be where I am now. Yeah. Right? So so I'm going down to Manchester tomorrow. I'm going to pop in and see a couple of them, five minutes, cup of tea, bump gone, moved on. Yeah, that's it. That's enough. You know, the old days of, 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 of going out nightclubbing and stuff, nah, those days are finished. So, once again, doesn't mean you don't care. It just means that you've moved on. Yeah, that's it. We all change as we get older. Of course we do. So you, you inspire so many people. Me, one. I know Glenn's one as well. Tony, Tony, Glenn. Can I, just, can I just fucking say, straight up, right? This, I'm just scratching my fucking head here. I'm, so, I, honestly, this is not like fucking blagging you. I'm scratching my fucking head going, Tony Jeffries telling me that. <laughs> scratch, honestly, I mean, you can't see me on video, but I'm fucking puzzled. This yeah, is, this, this, but this is the thing, right? Is sometimes, probably where... Oh, I don't realise, right? It's just me talking shit. 
Do you see what I'm saying, man? I mean that in the nicest possible way. It's just me talking. And yet somewhere along the way, I do get people saying, I've left my husband, I've left my wife because I've read my book. You're like, what the fuck? Based on what? You want to fucking want some guy email me? said, oh, I've, I've just left my wife for 13 years after reading your first book. I said, have you finished it? He said, no, I'm up to chapter seven. Shit. <laughs> fucking hell, it I went is, to It's about being able to relate to it. Like, like every, everything that, mm. that you say, like, um, I've got specific uh, cool. things that have happened to me in my life, and I'm like, that happened right. to me, and that's how I felt, right. and that's what I did, and this is, you know what I mean? Right. And everything you're saying, I'm just relating to it all, and combined with that, from the same area of, of the world as well, so it's like, if you, you know, you're from Burry, it just speaks to me. You're from Burry? Uh, Blackburn. Blackburn, I'm up yeah. there tomorrow, Bolton. Oh, nice. Yeah, do we say call into anyone? I'll come to you and what? <laughs> <laughs> we're, both, we're both living Elliot now, as you know. Uh, Glenn's, the man, Glenn's the manager of uh, of the company, the, the gym that I own, the boxing burn gym, and uh, he's one of the highest earning personal trainers in Los Angeles. He's been earning a fortune. Um, he's, he's smashing it. Uh, so that's Glenn's story. So we both out here, and let, I mean, more me than Glenn, listen to motivational shit, listen to different podcasts and, and that sort of stuff. But like you said, what makes you different is that we can relate to you. You're from right. where we're from, being real, you, you tell it how it is. You, mm. you, you see, you've, you've fucked up in life, you've had a breakdown, or that. we'll love it, mate. mate. So like I said, you inspire this many people. Do, who inspires you? I'll tell you my business idol is Dana White, right? I just love that unyielding, uncompromising. The fact that he's somewhere along the way, gone into the boxing game and fucking allowed them to tear themselves apart while he's just been sat there rubbing his fucking hands. So... <laughs> No, but I mean, genuinely, I mean, I fucking, seriously, I, I think he's an absolute boss. And I used to follow USC, the UFC, uh, before people started following it, if that makes sense. 99, 98, I used to watch it. Um, so Dana White is probably one who inspires me. And you know what? I find inspiration everywhere I look, right? And I know that's off Potter, right? I've got on my phone... I keep, if I see something or I hear a politician say something or whatever, I, I get inspiration from every little source, as in genuinely, this isn't like oh, me being clever, I'm telling you now, I, every, every source that I see, right, when I'm driving along and I read something on the back of a bus or whatever, I've always, I'm always porous to inspiration, stuff that is good, and maybe just maybe what that ends up doing is sloshing around my fucking head, and then it comes out interpretation based on my experiences, so I don't have one single person uh, you know, I'll tell you other than Dana White, who inspires me, only because, you know, he went into that game there. Once again, nobody giving him a chance, and actually it, was, it wasn't financially a very sensible uh, move. That's, that, that really fires me up to say, guess what? You can make shit happen, especially yeah. if you've got a lot of mafia bosses backing your financially. I'm, I'm saying I get inspired by... Um a lot of stuff that I don't like and people that I don't agree with and stuff that right. I, I pay a lot of attention probably more attention to stuff that I don't like and then when you do find something you do like it's it's more special and it inspires you even more because I don't know I'm just always looking around oh, I don't like that or that pisses me off yeah. I, it. Oh, I, I don't let it get me down I, I let it I let it inspire me mm-hmm. well I mean that's the thing about life is that this whole piece about being switched on to the world Right, and, and you know, the, the prior to being this kind of switched on, it was probably hippies that referred to this kind of stuff. But but being switched on to the world, to I tell you what, what, what I try to avoid is is, is uh, news, right? Yeah. Because I'd rather be uninformed and happy than informed and miserable. Because yeah. there's shit going on around this world that I've got no control over. So I can try, you know, get upset about it. But those, you know, so I try and keep myself in my lane about being positive and actually where possible helping as many people as I can. But ultimately. 
the underdog's got to help himself. And yeah. that's something that I've realised that is that you can't save the world. I've, I used to try and I used to burn me out, so I've stopped doing that. Yeah, big time. For anyone who wants to find out about Brad, more about him, or follow him on, on Twitter, it's at Brad Burton, right? That's it. See him on Instagram yeah. as well, mate? Right. That's uh, Brad Burton, yeah, no, just Google my name, you'll see that. Hey, in fact, Google the UK's number one motivational speaker, you'll find it. Fucking pages upon pages upon pages, fucking great. Brilliant. <laughs> That's class, mate. And then uh, your book as well, Get Off Your Arse and Get Off Your Arse 2. What's the difference between the two books? About fucking three quid. Um, <laughs> no, um, the, the, the first one, it's, it's interesting, I've got three books. Uh, the first one's called Get Off Your Arse, and I think that was, that was the highest rated one, and... Um, that's really about me finding my feet as a business owner. And I talk once again about starting a business off 25 grand in debt. My wife wanted me to go and get a proper job, blah, blah, blah. And then the second one's me finding my feet there and actually telling people, hey, these are the lessons I've learned. And the third one, Life Business Just Got Easier, is my favorite one, is one where it's this kind of stuff we've talked about. It's about that looking at your life and going, you know what? Your life shouldn't be defined by daft cars. It should be defined by those summer 69 moments. You, you know, you, you, yeah. you guys sat in a beer garden shit-faced or yeah. going on those daft fucking things that you guys go, what are those daft cars? Those- what they call segway things there I'm fucking amazing I want one of them um, <laughs> but, but, but the point I'm making the point I'm making I've got a third book as well um, sorry fourth book coming out uh, next year which is called uh, What Now I think it's called Now What no, Now What Now What I think um, which is which is basically 10 years to the day I'm releasing it which is 10 years to the day that I started my um, full networking business off so I'm not telling anyone what my intent is for the next 10 years but it is in the book yeah wow that's great but you know once again <laughs> People say, oh, do you have a ghostwriter? No, fucking wrote it myself. I got myself an education, right? When I was on the door, I used to go to the, the, uh, the library and I used to spend, like, not at first, I used to, used to smoke pot every day, but then towards the back end of it, I've been on the door, I got bored smoking pot or run out of money. And I just used to sit in the, news, in the, um, in the library reading the newspapers, the Times, the New Scientist, um, Management Today. I had no idea what I was fucking reading. So I got myself an education. That was when I was about 27, 28. That's funny. Well, one more thing I've got down here, what I want to talk to you about, if we've got time. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Is, how, if someone's in a job, like, an office job, or, you know what we're talking about, nine to five job, whether, whether, whether yeah. constant or whatever, and they want to get out and they want to do something for themselves, what would you see the first thing they should, okay. they should do, or what should they do to get out of that All right. job? Alright, so. They need to be honest with themselves and ask, ask, ask themselves this question. Have you ever come across a self-employed person that's starved to death? Right? And the answer is no. Of course. So what's the risk? The risk is if your business doesn't work out, you're going to get a fucking proper job, which is what you've already got. So you're back to square one. Yeah. So what you need to do is do a soft landing, which is start stealing your fucking boss's tipex, start fucking having sick days off, start building your... You know what I'm on about, right? <laughs> you know, it's... The, <laughs> Yeah. Fucking coward reams of paper in. No, but you know what I mean. Fucking, like, Tony's getting paranoid with Glenn there in the office. Like, hey, <laughs> um, but, but the point is, what you need to do is you need to start getting a soft landing. So start when you're working there, nine till five, rather than at ten past fucking five going, oh, we've only got another 20 minutes of fucking dicking about. Let's go to Sky Sports. Use that 20 minutes to start researching your own business. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah. Me, no qualifications, uh, no money when I started my business off. Wife wanted me to go and get a proper job. I had no savings, 25 grand in debt. Uh, nobody gave me a chance. Started my business off, blah, 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 blah. What's your excuse? Because this is the thing, you know, 
my teacher said to me I'd never amount to anything. And up until about 10 years ago, he was right. But I changed, I changed, I changed. And it's down to you. Or you can work your bollocks off, no problem, and get your caterpillar cake. You know, I now, 10 years on, when I said to you about that work-life balance, I can do what I want when I want within reason, right? Yeah. Well, do what I want when I want within reason. My mates who probably would have been on 30, 40, 50,000 pound are still on 30, 40, 50,000 pound and they can't do what they want when they want. And they're going to have a life of that. The sooner you start, the sooner better. And you know a journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step. Yeah, yeah. Make that move. And if you're thinking about it, you've already gone. Not his, uh, his first answer to your question, Tony, was be honest with yourself. So, like, yeah. you know, entrepreneurship, working for yourself is not for everyone. And, and, and no, if, they, if they're in, in, a, in a job they hate or a situation they hate and they want to change it, first step, be honest with yourself. I mean, so, so many expect. people so many people would have turned around and, and said, get out or do this or do that and go and do your own thing. And, you know, but, yeah. like, the first step is be honest with yourself and, and is, is getting out right for you and, and that's so, definitely so, like, the first but, step. But, but, you know, what happens is people get pissed off for these jobs Right, here's a classic, right? <laughs> word here called perturbation, right? Not masturbation, perturbation, right? <laughs> it's a science word, okay? And when you, you go and get a bowl of, uh, a pan of water now, cold water, and you go and put it on the oven, you turn it on, on, a, on a stove, you turn it up, and then what happens? It starts warming up, then it starts simmering, and then it's just about to start boiling, right? And what happens in life when it comes to tough decisions, you get to that point. Perturbation is that point when it goes from simmering to boiling. Yeah. Most people, I'm going to leave this job. I'm pissed off with this relationship. The marriage is shit. Da, 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 da. You get that boiling, 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 boiling. Turn the heat down, and then you go through the same process of getting another six months. This job shit. I'm going to go and leave and start looking at jobs. Oh, shit myself. Turn it down again. And that's what perturbation is. And people stay in that constant state of perturbation, that un- un- inability to make a decision because it's too scary. Yeah. And what you need to do, you need to push through. You need to put the the, the, the thing and boil it up. And actually, whatever it comes to, but that's where people go wrong is this perturbation that should have go, should have not, should have go, should not. And some of the most difficult decisions in your life are going to come down to 51%, 49%. And they're the ones that you need to, you know, should I go and um, start my own business off? Should I walk out of a job? Fucking hell. I mean, it makes no sense now when you look back retrospectively. I'll tell you a story. My wife, right, was fucking spewing when I walked. Spewing, right? It was five days before Christmas, right? No Christmas pay, none of that. No money. And um, you fast forward seven, eight years now, she's delighted with that decision. But for yeah. like eight, eight years, whatever it was, I had to turn the volume down on her. Whinging, go and get a proper job and all that. <laughs> and she now accepts that it was the right thing for me to do and it was the right thing for us to do. She's delighted. And I took my children out. There you go. This is a good one. As to why you do it. A bit like you being a boxer, right? Yeah. You know, getting fucking punched in the face for a fucking whatever X amount of money. Come on, fucking count me out. I don't want my boys good luck spoiling. But <laughs> the, point, the, the, point, the point I'm trying to make here is fuck me, you've got to have some reason behind it. If your only motivation is money, fucking that's not enough. Oh, what a Q7. Here you go. Whack out that. Fuck off. So, what my why is, why I do it, is I promise my children I'll take them to Disney World. Right? I promised them. Fucking, no, like, fucking, oh, we might go, or dad might take you. Nah, I fucking said to my boy when he was a baby, I'm going to take you. That's what kept me straight. So when it gets tough and you get a whack in the mouth, metaphorically speaking, right, fucking, if your only motivation is money, it's not enough. But if you can do it as I do for my children, yeah. and I also do it for, I, I promised my mum would get, a, well, I didn't promise, I just got it. I said I'm going to go and get a private health care. My mum's got private health care, you know, coming from Salford, fucking Manchester. And now she's got private health care, £170 a month. Right, £170 a month. I used to live on £230 a month. So it just puts things in perspective. So if you can't do it for yourself, do it for someone you love. Yeah. 
That's great, man. Quality. Love it. I love it, mate. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's it, mate. Thank Good. you so much for coming on this podcast. Well, listen, I mean, I've, next brief. time I'm out there, my favourite place in the, in the world is um, uh, Venice Beach. Now, of all the places, a single place in the world that really floats in the boat is Venice Beach. It's just fucking lunacy. Oh. Um, so next time I'm over there, I'd love to come and see you guys. Definitely, mate. I'd fucking love to. I remember you told me that on Instagram. You said that uh, Venice Beach. You love Venice Beach. Yeah, it's crazy, mate. It's crazy. Nuts. Nuts. Biggest jugs ever, smallest waist. How does that work? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can edit that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, mate. Well, thanks. And uh, thanks for coming awesome. to the podcast. Thanks. Brad, great talking to you. Cheers, guys. Take See it you easy. Soon, Thanks, Brad. Brad Burke, one of the local years. He is absolutely amazing. He absolutely loved doing that podcast. We learned a lot from it. What you did too. I apologise for how you brought the album to the podcast. now got an official website for the podcast, boxinglife.com. Check it out. If you want to be added, show me what's on there. Also go there and subscribe to me, email list, and it's the start sending them all the emails when you don't want to do. This is the one networking. I really appreciate you listening to the podcast. Any feedback you want, why don't you work? Hashtag Boxing Life. Also, if you can do me a big favour, leave me a review on the iTunes. That would be great. Good for the show. Well, it's good for the show. Well, it's a five-star review. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, thanks, thanks again, and keep the feedback coming. I love you all. See you later.